This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. This first week of August brings yet another Scoop Podcast. Here we are. It is Scoop Podcast episode number 164. Lots to get to, but we will start with the Wolves' newest player. He signed a two-way deal. He is C.J. Williams. Let's get to know C.J. C.J., appreciate your time. I know you're on your way to the airport. You're heading back to Los Angeles, but being here for the last couple days, what's it been like? Has the organization welcomed you with open arms? Uh, yes, they have, definitely. Um, having played here summer league twice already, um, I was a little familiar with the organization and, and a few of the coaches and, and guys and stuff like that. And so it was uh, It was nice to kind of link back up with them and say my hellos and get all of my preliminary stuff done so that I can get to work when I come back. What summers were you here? You were here, what, 2015? What was the other one? Um, uh, last summer, 2017. Okay, so you know all about Mayo Clinic Square because, you know, even going back to that first time you were here, you know, I mean, there's been so much change, including, you know, with Tibbs, with Scott Layden, right. with Noah Kroom, so many right. people in the front office. But, yeah. The fact that you were here a year ago, there has to be a lot of things that are familiar to you. Yes, you know, I uh, Coach Tibbs had been here, um, I think, for one year already. By the time I, I came and uh, the second time, and it was uh, it was some some familiarity with him and stuff like that. So you know, I, I was able to have a really good conversation with him when I first arrived here uh, a couple of days ago, and. Um, we we talked basketball and we talked you know life actually and it was it was nice to be able to talk to him and and see the more personal side of him because I you know I've always seen the coach side of him and uh, to to get to know him a little bit better was was great and uh, I enjoyed my conversations with him. Did the personal side surprise you? Because yeah, I mean those of us in the media, I mean we've heard some stories. In fact, a colleague of mine had dinner with Tibbs not that long ago, so we know there's a personal side. But oftentimes he puts up a wall. You know, he puts his guard up with a lot of us reporters. But but he cut open a couple veins with you on the personal level. Uh, yeah. You know, he um he kind of a lot of our talk was establishing like certain like uh, values and stuff like that, like things that we appreciate in other people. And uh, you know, it was a, it was a great talk and, and everything. So he kind of opened up a little bit. You know, obviously. He didn't want to open up fully, which who who wants to open up to somebody they just met fully right away. Um, but it was a great conversation, and, and I enjoyed it. Did you have a chance to connect with any of your teammates? Yeah, I've uh, so I my first time playing summer league, I played with Tyus, and I was able to actually catch him today when I was in there and, uh, and stuff, and talk to him. And Justin was was has been in there the last few days, getting uh, getting his stuff done and everything, and talking to. Uh, uh, JT, you know, um, the other two-way guy, and, and it was it was nice. It was cool to uh, be around them and talk to them and, and kind of get to know them a little bit, and uh, I'm looking forward to training camp. And will you even be back well before training camp? I mean, do you go back to L.A.? Do you get back here for some training here pretty quick? Um, well, I'm going to L.A. Um, I've got to figure some things out in L.A., and then uh, uh, I actually head to home in North Carolina, for a while and I'm going to train with my trainer and everything and uh, and get a chance to, to work on my game a little bit more away from the facility and then when I come back I'll hit the ground running around Labor Day. When you connect with your trainer before Labor Day what are some what are some things you'll focus on in the gym? 
Um, I want to be a lot more consistent with my three. My my, my three point shot last last uh, year kind of was up and down a little bit, and I want to get more consistent with that. And I want to work on uh, uh, ball handling because I want to be able to be trusted in the pick and roll. And I I, ha- I feel like I have such a high basketball IQ that if I if I can put both my IQ and my ball handling together, I'll be able to make the right play. Uh, to get our team the shot that we need every possession. You're shooting, at least looking at your G League numbers going back a couple years, your three-point shooting is pretty good. But, yeah, I mean, just looking at the numbers, I mean, small sample size, what was it, like 75, 76, 77 three-point mm-hmm. attempts with the Clippers. Yeah, the numbers weren't there. But I'm just going back a couple years, CJ. It looks like your three-point numbers are pretty good. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, I credit that to Bob McKinnon. He he did a lot for me when I played for him in uh, Los Angeles with the Defenders. Well, the South Bay Lakers now is what they're called, but they were the Defenders then. Um, and he he kind of instilled a confidence in me to trust my shot. And uh, I shot the ball really well that year. And, and then uh, in Texas, I shot it really well. And last year, actually, in, uh, in when I was with Agua Caliente, I shot it pretty good. Um, it didn't translate fully into the NBA, but um, that's what I've been working on to, to shoot the same shot every time and uh, trust it every time I shoot it. Any particular reason or reasons why it didn't translate in those NBA games? Um, I think in the G League, I had the ball a lot more than I will when I'm in the NBA. And so I had a feel for the ball. And, and a lot of times I already had a chance to get going by getting to the rim or getting a, a good pull-up jumper or something, um, something easy to just see the ball go in so that I have the confidence to shoot the three. And um, last year, you know, obviously I was off the ball a lot with the Clippers, and um, it was it was a situation where I had to learn how to just be able to go right away into being able to make a catch-and-shoot three um, as soon as I come in. And uh, I think I've gotten a lot better with that this summer, and uh, – I hope it translates onto the court. CJ, you've you've listed a few of the teams you've played for. I mean, your journey is one heck of a journey. I mean, take us through the journey. I mean, going undrafted out of North Carolina State, going overseas, you know, multiple teams in the G League, finally getting that NBA chance last year. I mean, it's been one heck of a journey for you. Yeah, I um well I, I actually go back to when I was in college. Um I played for a guy who coached here, uh, Sidney Lowe. Oh yeah. I didn't. I, I wasn't really doing what I should have been doing uh, in in college around the time that I was with them. I was, you know, too busy with school and doing and, and having a social life and everything. And uh, I didn't focus on my game. And then, you know, it didn't translate on the court. And then, uh, unfortunately, Coach Coach Lowe got fired, and and I went and I had Mark Godfrey. And Mark Godfrey instilled, you know, some principles in me to, you know, take care of business now. You can have fun later. And I've taken that with me since then. And um, it, it's been it, – I've regained a, a serious passion for the game of basketball. And, uh, you know, then I, I had a great senior year. We got to the tournament, went to the Sweet 16. Um, and then I took that and went overseas. And I was in a small league originally, but my agent – kind of told me what the deal was you know I, I told my agent before I even um, signed with him I said hey my goal is to play in the NBA for a long time and he you know we drew up a plan and uh, the first step of that plan was the small country of Cyprus 
and uh, I played there for, for six months and was one of the top ten scorers in the league. Then I came and played in the G League uh, with Bob McKinnon in L.A. And, uh, and then after that, I went to Italy. I went to France. Um, and I, I led my team in scoring both those years. And then I came back to the G League and got an opportunity with the Mavericks in training camp and uh, then eventually went to their uh, G League team. And then after that, I got the two-way with the Clippers, and it was, it was just amazing. Oh, I can't forget, I also got the opportunity to play for Team USA with uh, Jeff Van Gundy in the FIBA America Cup, and we went to and went and won a gold medal in Argentina. I, I do not want to forget that because Coach uh, Van Gundy has been a big, integral part of what I've been able to do over the last few years. Yeah, I mean, was that was that last summer? And, yeah, I mean, certainly, I mean, Coach Van Gundy and Coach Tibbs, I mean, those two are – are like best friends. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, trust me. I mean, yeah. I even wonder if Tibbs talked to Coach Van Gundy to get the book on you. I hope he did because I played very well when I was a team. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it would, it would be awesome for him to, to put a word out for me. Okay, so you named all those teams. I mean, at any point, CJ, did you come close to throwing in the towel on, on your NBA dream? I mean, were there times, were there moments when you thought, you know what, I mean, this isn't bad. I'm playing professional basketball, but my chances of getting to the NBA just they're disappearing. Um, it's it's actually hilarious to me because, uh, and there's no slight to any organization in the NBA, but after I played in France, I you know I kind of got to the point. I told my agent, I said, I'm tired of playing summer league. Like I played summer league so many times already. Like I just want some rest, and I'm eventually have to go overseas anyway. And I told him, I said, you know, there's only one way I want to play summer league, and that's if the San Antonio Spurs asked me to play for them. Mm. Because I saw that in summer league, the San Antonio Spurs gave every player an equal opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say any other organization doesn't, but I just specifically saw with them, with my with my uh, friend Jonathan Simmons. And so we're watch- I'm watching the draft that year. That was uh, 20. 16, I believe, and um, I'm sitting there and I'm watching the draft, and my agent, he calls me, just a casual conversation that I have with my agent, mm-hmm. you know, talking about the draft and different guys and who our dark horses were and all this kind of stuff. And right before he hangs up the phone, he says, oh, yeah, by the way, pack your bags, you're going to San Antonio, and hangs up the phone. <laughs> and I call That's him great. back, and I'm like, Jamie, what did you just say? He said, oh, yeah, San Antonio call. You said only San Antonio, San Antonio call, you're going to summer league. And so then is when I kind of was like, you know what? It is meant for me to play in the NBA. I know that is a like that is something that I am destined to do. And so that it also it was like a it was kind of rejuvenating to to get that feeling of all right, you know what? You asked for something, you got it. You got to go get it now. And so I, I just enjoy every day that I get an opportunity. And you went and got it. I mean, what was? What was what was that day like when you got the phone call? I mean, I guess take us through, you know, how you found out that the Clippers were calling you up that you would be wearing an NBA uniform for the first time. Uh, wow. I, you know, when, you know, I knew about the two-way, so I had been to a couple games I had never dressed out. And so I, you know, we're going to, I think it was New Orleans. And, my, and the funny part of the story is my dad is, like, somewhere up north working and stuff like that. And um, I get a call, and they're like, hey, like we're going to need you to suit up for tomorrow's game. And I was like, oh, wow, wow, that's that's awesome. Like, So I you know, get my backpack, I go, and 
my I tell my parents, and next thing I know, like I'm in my hotel, and I get a call from my dad. And my dad said, "What hotel y'all at?" And I'm like, "Well, we're here." And he was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I'm downtown." I said, "What?" Oh, and my dad great. had left his job to go fly to see me dress out for an NBA game for the first time, and it was just it was one of the best feelings ever. I, I really enjoyed it. I didn't get the, the opportunity to play that game, but it was just nice to put the uniform on, be on the court, be a part of a team in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, are you are you an emotional one, CJ? I mean, you know, I mean, did you start crying when you see Dad in the stands? Uh, I I don't necessarily start crying. I tear up a little bit. I won't say it actually comes down a little bit, but it, I am I am an emotional one, you know. Um, and and it, it's a part of my it's a part of my DNA. You know, my parents instilled values in me that make me appreciate every day that we're on this earth. So uh, I can get a little emotional at times. That's fantastic. Did you have a welcome to the NBA moment? I mean, are you playing a particular team? You're out on the floor. Maybe somebody like a Jimmy Butler gives you an elbow, something <laughs> like that. Did you did you have one of those moments? A welcome to the NBA moment? Uh, my welcome to the NBA moment actually came. <laughs> My first game playing, we we're at OKC, and it's um, and I, coach had, coach Doc Rivers had put me in for six seconds, and I, you know, for six seconds to play defense, mm-hmm. and I played for that six seconds. We got to stop, and so I go into the locker room. You know, he comes in, he talks. It's halftime. He talks everything, and then I'm on my way out, and I'm walking with DeAndre, and we both hear Doc say, CJ, but. It sounded like DJ. We weren't sure who he was talking to, so we yeah. both turned around. He was like, "Oh, CJ Williams." And I was like, "Okay." And he looks at me and he says to me, "He says, hey, Paul George has 25 points right now. I might put you in the game to stop him.'" Mm. And just walks away. And I was just like, "And I was like, well, I guess this is the life of an NBA bench player. I got to be ready to go at all times." So that was really more of my welcome to the NBA moment than anything that actually happened on the court. All right, well, but speaking of on the court, what took place in the second half? Did you get in? Did you get to guard Paul? I did not get the chance to get in. Hmm. Um, he he was still going, but he had kind of slowed down a little bit. So I think, you know, Doc kind of trusted the guys that were in that, to, to stop him and everything. I actually didn't get a chance to get in. What happened with L.A.? I mean, is it just a situation where it's a numbers game that they have so many guys under contract? Yeah, it was just a numbers game. They had so many people that they had uh, eventually signed and everything. And uh, when when things started developing, I kind of figured certain things would happen. You know, I didn't want to believe it, but, um, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, you have to understand the business uh, aspect of everything. And when you got that many guys, somebody has to go, and they're going to start with the person that is the easiest to to uh, release, and that that happened to be me. And, uh, you know, it's an unfortunate situation. I, I enjoyed my opportunity there, but I'm very thankful to be a part of the Minnesota Timberwolves and get my second opportunity. Did you circle this organization? So, yeah, the Clippers put you on waivers. Were you curious if some team would claim you on waivers? You clear waivers, so then you're a free agent. I mean, between you and your agent, did you guys circle Minnesota and say, okay, they could use some wing depth? You know, I already have some some familiarity with Minnesota. Well, I'd love to be a Timberwolf. The, the familiarity with them was a big part of it. Um, you know, we wanted to reach out to to teams that we had some, you know, established a relationship with, and Minnesota obviously was one. So it was it was cool to be able to reach out to them and, and 
and say, hey, like, you know, I'm about to clear waivers. Like, is there anything that we can do? And uh, I was happy that they decided to go ahead and pick me up. Were there some teams that also called your agent or reached out to you directly that showed some interest? So with my agent, he doesn't actually tell me a lot about that kind of stuff, like about who has called. Mm-hmm. He just kind of keeps me in the loop of, okay, I have some teams. He won't be specific with them, and then he'll tell me where I'm going eventually, which I, I enjoy because I, I think that as a basketball player, one part that we that we uh, take for granted is the fact that we get to play basketball, and that also allows us to – just focus on yourself, getting yourself ready for next season. And uh, so I appreciate him doing that. But I, I don't know if there were other teams. He just kind of told me, hey, you know, Minnesota has uh, offered you a two-way spot, and, and here you go. Do you want to take it? And obviously I said, yeah. Is there a juggling act there, though? I mean, did you have to think about two-way versus a standard contract? I mean, you started games last year with the Clippers. You showed that you belong in the NBA, yet – with a two-way, there's a good chance you'll spend as much time in Iowa or more time in Iowa with the Iowa Wolves than up here with the with the Timberwolves. Well, the way I look at it, either way, I get an opportunity to play in the NBA and prove myself. I have to go out and prove myself again, and that's fine. That's a part of my job, and I have to understand that it's okay, and and, and my work will, will show for itself when I'm on the court and everything. So, um, you know, it, it – Obviously, who does not want a standard NBA contract? But the two-way is the same kind of opportunity in terms of, you know, when I am in the G League, I get to work on certain things that I may not be able to work on when I'm in the NBA. And so that if the time comes when I'm in the NBA and I have to do these things I worked on in the G League, I have some familiarity with the feeling of and, and the instincts that come with that. Plus, you know what? I mean, you perform well. Guess what? you can easily sign a standard deal, right? I mean, the Wolves are not going to get to 15 exactly. guaranteed contracts. I don't even know if they'll get to 14. I think they'll get to 14, but they're going to have at least one opening. So, I mean, if you're performing well, they could easily just convert your two-way into a standard deal. I'm curious if, if Tibbs brought that up to you at all. Uh, no, he didn't speak. We didn't speak specifically on any contract situation. Um, obviously, we knew, my agent and I knew about that too, and uh that's another reason why we wanted this opportunity specifically. And uh, when they offered the two-way spot, it was it was almost a no-brainer. It was basically a no-brainer to, to take this opportunity and uh, go somewhere where I'm familiar with uh, members of the coaching staff, some of the players and everything. And, uh, and then to have that opportunity as well, you know, you just you want to bet on yourself. And so uh, I took the risk, and I'm betting on myself again. How much are you looking forward to come, you know, whether it's September workouts into training camp, you know, picking the brains of guys like Jimmy Butler, Jeff Teague, and others? You know, playing against those guys last year, because Minnesota was actually the first game I started last year. Um, We played here in uh, Minneapolis, and uh, I started the game, and and I was guarding Jimmy. And just guarding him alone showed me how much he knows the game. And and it's going to be – it's going to be very fun to to just kind of pick his brain about certain things and and have to guard him every day is going to make me a better player. CJ, this was a fun talk. I think I could talk to you for another hour or so. I had <laughs> I had we talked what nineteen and a half twenty minutes. I, I certainly didn't want to steal twenty minutes of your time. I know you're you're in the car on your way to the airport, but this was a fun conversation. And certainly, maybe let's do it again before training camp. 
Oh, yeah, that's awesome. And I appreciate you calling and, and, and giving me an opportunity to get my story out there and, and talk to you. Newest Timberwolf, C.J. Williams. He signed a two-way deal, but I can guarantee you he will spend some amount of time up with the big roster, not in Des Moines, but he certainly will spend some time in Des Moines as well. Heck, he'll be forced to because the maximum amount of days he can spend on the Wolves roster, the Minnesota Timberwolves roster, is 45 days. But as we talked about, they could easily convert his two-way deal to a standard deal. So we'll see how that plays out. But really cool dude. That was a fun conversation. Wasn't sure what to expect. I'm really glad I decided to track him down. Be sure to support the newest sponsor of the Scoop Podcast, Vivid seats vividseats.com online or download the vivid seats app they are your home for vikings tickets two preseason games eight regular season games the first game will be on august 18th against jacksonville that is preseason game number two the vikings open up on the road on august 11th against case keenum and Denver. But if you haven't been to U.S. Bank Stadium, or if you've been, you know how cool of an experience it is. You surely have a good idea that the Vikings have a chance to be really, really good. You know, double-digit wins good, even though it's a challenging schedule, one of the toughest in the NFC. But they have talent all over that roster. So why not go see a team that has a chance to go very far, play deep into January, into February, who knows, maybe even hoist the Lombardi Trophy for the first time in franchise history. Vivid Seats is your home for Vikings tickets. Use the promo code SCOOP. Promo code SCOOP. First time buyer. So this is a first time opportunity. So if you haven't used VividSeats.com, go to VividSeats.com, enter the promo code SCOOP for 10% off your order. I'm telling you, scoop up those Vikings tickets. What about September 23rd? Denny Green entering the ring of honor, the late Denny Green. That will be a very emotional day. They play the Buffalo Bills. Or be there for Jarek McKinnon's return. Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49ers finished last year so strong. That's an interesting opening game. Niners at Vikings September 9th. I'm telling you, that is fast approaching. So Vivid Seats is your location to buy seats. Why deal with a scalper on the street or Craigslist? You never know what you're getting with Craigslist or any number of other outlets. Vivid Seats is easy to use. You go to their website, you enter in the information, you enter in the promo code SCOOP, and you can have your tickets purchased in just a handful of minutes. So use it. It is vividseats.com. It's a Hall of Fame weekend, both here in Minnesota and in Canton, Ohio. The Vikings will have a healthy contingent in Canton, Ohio for Randy Moss's induction. Locally, it's Johan Santana weekend. Johan entering the Twins Hall of Fame. He had a charity bowling event in Brooklyn Park on Thursday night. I had a chance to attend for a brief period. It was great to see Terry Ryan, Bill Smith, Juan Rincon, Christian Guzman, Louis Rivas. Who else was there? Tony Oliva, Tori Hunter, so many luminaries. Current Twins player Trevor Hildenberger. It was a who's who of Twins luminaries. I had a chance to catch up with Johan Santana, who you'll hear say he isn't officially retired, but that could be changing in the very, very near future. Here's my conversation with Twins Hall of Famer, Johan Santana. Johan, let's just start with tonight, what tonight means to you, what your foundation means to you. Well, it's about, um, you know, trying to raise money uh, for a good cause. We are building a ballpark down in Venezuela, so that's what I came from, and then also trying to help as much as we can with the Twins community funds and everything, and then uh, also having an opportunity to, to see some friends and hang out, and then 
happy to be back in Minneapolis. I haven't been here in a long time. So for me, it's a very special, special time, special night, and looking forward to it. When was the last time you were here in Minneapolis? About 10 years ago. As crazy as it sounds, you know, I mean, um, since 2007, then I got traded in 08. And then um, ever since, you know, I, uh, this is my first time. This is the start of a wonderful weekend. When you get inducted this weekend into the Twins Hall of Fame, what does that mean to you? A lot, the whole world. I mean, I could, who, who would have thought, you know, that when I started back in 2000, when I came here for my first time, and now uh, being remembered forever, it's a, it's a great honor. Um, it's a, something I wasn't even thinking of when I started my career. And now be, being in that situation, is, is I'm very uh, happy. And then to enjoy it with my whole family is going to be something very special for me and for, for everybody involved with, uh, with the Minnesota Twins, with baseball, and, and looking forward to it. Are you forever indebted to the Twins? I mean, they take a chance on you. Rule five, you spend that entire year. I mean, you hadn't pitched above, what, Class A. You're on the Major League roster that entire year. They took a good chance on you. Yeah, no question, you know, but it was, that's how baseball goes. You never know. See, the thing is, in baseball, you never know who's watching. You know, when you play... And, and for anybody, you know, and not just at the, at the major league level, as a professional, as an amateur, you got to play, you got to play hard. You got to have fun. And you got to play hard because you never know who's watching. And I think that was my case, you know, and then I end up here and then I learned throughout my whole career. It's not something that I just knew right away. It took time, but I was willing to learn. I was paying attention, and that's what, uh, that's what happened. You know, that's how you became so successful, because I was, I was getting better, 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 and better. I never stopped working, and then uh, good things happen when you put yourself into it. And, and here I am, you know, now with all that hard work paying off, and I'm, I'm, I'm blessed, and, and I'm very happy and honored to, to be part of this organization. I mean, a lot of good things happened in a Twins uniform. You win multiple Cy Youngs. To me, what stands out the most is the 06 season, the triple crown of, of pitchers, right? I mean, ERA wins strikeouts. Does the 06 season, among all your memories here in Minnesota, is that maybe what stands out the most? You know, there, there's many, many memories that we have. You know, I think the one that stands the most for me was that uh, the 17th strikeout game, you know, because it happens uh, at that time on one game. You know, you don't have to wait the whole season. Uh to find out if you did it or not, you know, or with the Cy Youngs that uh, uh, it was awarded like a month later after the season was over, you know, so you don't get to celebrate the whole thing with your teammates and with everybody right away. So, but I had great memories, great times, and then and, and, uh, throughout the whole time we had great, you know, great time. We had some fun uh, and we helped each other. And we, we were sad. We were happy. We, we were a great group of guys that we were able to, to, um, to win, but also to support each other and make everybody else better. So that was the key for this team. Speaking of sadness, do you almost wish you could have played your entire career here in Minnesota, that, that it didn't have to come down to them not wanting to pay you the big money and not trading you to New York? No, no question. But, you know, this is business. That's basically what it is. And then at the time... It wasn't. It wasn't the case, you know. They uh, we went separate ways, and and I always hoped them for the best, you know. When they trade me to get the best deal was possible, and hopefully I'll see them in the future, you know. And then, uh, unfortunately, injuries took over on me. I wasn't able to recover and come back, and then uh, I wasn't able to come back and play for the Twins because that's what I wanted to come back and play. But unfortunately, it didn't happen. But overall, you know, I think uh, being here in this situation. Uh, can beat it, you know. It's 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 a really really honor. 
I mean, you had those injuries, what, 09 and 10. Then you overcome those injuries to pitch that no-hitter in 12. I mean, among all your career highlights, was the no-hitter with the Mets as good as it gets? It, it, was, it was around the top. You know, it was one of the good ones because the whole situation, you know, I never never done it, and that was the first time for the Mets. And then, and then those are the kind of games that you celebrate with your teammates right away. We celebrate like it was the last game of the season, and we still have, like, halfway to go, but the whole atmosphere, the way that people were living it, and what it meant to, to, to all of us. It was it was a great, great, great memory. Are you officially retired? No, but I'm getting close to it. So we'll see. You know, next couple of days are going to be uh, a very tough, uh, tough, tough days emotionally and with family. But at the same time, uh, can't ask for anything better. You know, I think it's a great situation and looking forward to it. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, when you say no, I mean, is there a part of you that wants to retire on your own terms that you weren't able to do that before? This doesn't want to retire. Everything else does. You know, that's as simple as that. As much as I wanted to, uh, the body's just not there. You know, it's just as much as you wanted to come back. And not just to come back. I don't want to come back to just come back and say I made it back. I want to come back to compete. And to compete is not easy. To compete at that level is not easy. And not competing against the other teams that you're playing, but competing against yourself because that's basically what it is. Overcoming uh, injuries is not is not easy, but you put yourself into it, you can do it. But as the time goes, there's always something. And, in, and on the other hand, uh, I got my family. I got my kids. I got my daughters. I got my son. Now I, I get to be part of my family. So I'm enjoying that life also a lot. So... Um, if it is time, it's time. You know, it's just part of the game. You know, you know when you started, you don't know when you're gonna end up. That's that's how it goes. You know, so if that was the end of it, I had a great time, uh, great memories, and I don't regret anything what I did on the field. You know, the way I play and did everything. So I'll, I'll be happy. Twins Hall of Famer Johan Santana. If injuries didn't derail. His career, heck, we could be talking about somebody that belongs in Cooperstown. Multiple Cy Youngs in a Twins uniform. He pitched the first no-hitter in New York Mets history. The 9 and 10 season certainly went south, but he came back, pitched that no-hitter for the Mets a couple years later. He tried to make a comeback a couple years ago, signed a minor league deal. Who was it with? Baltimore. Then maybe Toronto. He still can't say he's officially retired, but he hasn't thrown a competitive pitch in about two years. So Johan Santana in his late 30s is just about retired, even though if he can't officially say, yes, I am retired. But really good guy, raising money for a great cause on Thursday night in Brooklyn Park, a bowling event. Also, I saw J.C. Romero there, J.C. looking Good as always. But yeah, I certainly could not recognize Louis Rivas or Christian Guzman. Those guys look significantly different compared to their playing days. By the way, the Twins will have just about every living Hall of Famer in town this weekend. Twins Hall of Famer outside of Rick Aguilera. I was told Rick had a vacation lined up before the Johan weekend was set. So it was a vacation. He couldn't bail from a golfing trip. So Rick Aguilera will not be in town. Gary Gaetti had a previous commitment. Don't know what specifically, but Gaetti won't be here. Camilo Pasquale scouts in the Dominican for the Dodgers. So he's got work duties. And Frank Viola 
is a minor league pitching coach. Frank Viola is tied up. Otherwise, Frank would be here. So those four guys in the Twins Hall of Fame, living Twins Hall of Famers, won't be here. Otherwise, there will be a number of legendary Twins in town this weekend for Johan Santana's induction. By the way, Johan lives in Fort Myers. He told me off camera he gets to Venezuela three or four times a year. He owns all sorts of office buildings in Fort Myers, heavily involved in real estate. And Johan is a family man, so he's kept plenty busy in the Fort Myers area. I have a few notes on this Scoop Podcast episode 164. I do want to give some love to Skoll Marketing, skollmarketing.com or 612-787-SKOLL. They are here to help you, the business owner, make money, in particular small business owners. They master Google. I mean, think about it. If your company doesn't pop up above comparable companies or stores, shops, whatever, they can help you with that. Maybe your shop should pop up before others in a Google search. These guys used to work for Google, so they know what they're doing. Skoll Marketing, for more information online, skollmarketing.com, or call for a free 30-minute consultation, 612-787-SKOLL. 612-787-SKOLL for that free 30-minute consultation. It is Skoll Marketing. A few notes, then we'll get out of here. A reminder, Scoop Podcast episode 163 was recorded just one day ago. Twins GM Thad Levine was on for 20-something minutes breaking down the five trades, looking ahead to what will be a very busy offseason. Plus, Cole Aldrich was on, talking about free agency, and he was pretty good on the Wolves' locker room dynamics. And Ryan Harris, Creighton Darum Hall, he was on. He played for Clancy Barone in Denver, won a Super Bowl ring, being one of Barone's five offensive linemen. So he provided all sorts of insight on the new Vikings' co-offensive line coach so be sure to check that out if you haven't scoop podcast episode 163 john rothstein of cbs had the note initially that sam cunliffe the kansas basketball transfer has heard from the gophers i can tell you being in contact with sam's dad that is true they are actually thinking about even visiting here yes the preference is to be closer to the seattle home of the cunliffs that sam wants to be in the Pac-12, maybe even at the University of Washington. That is indeed true, but he is weighing all his options. He is in constant contact with the Gophers coaching staff. The Gophers still have that one open scholarship after Geno Crandall told the Gophers no, told Gonzaga yes. So the Gophers could add another transfer like Cunliffe, have him sit out, then be eligible for the 2019-2020 season. So we'll continue to track that situation. But do know that there is a realistic chance, maybe not a great chance, but a realistic chance. I was told the Gophers have not been eliminated. On Jalen Suggs, I have an update from his dad. Let me read it. It's a knee bruise. Let me see if I can find it in my text messages. Let me see how much I can multitask here give me a second oh shoot i can't find it where is it i know it's an ebrews i can tell you that he was at the mayo clinic the other morning at 7 a.m and the good news is it's not an acl tear it's not ligament damage but he will be sidelined until august 28th the word is he can be cleared on august 28th so he will miss a good portion of training camp for football he's a great quarterback for minnehaha academy with an ohio state offer a Gophers offer, an Iowa offer, although basketball seems to be his meal ticket. His first football game is on August 31st. So with his experience, it is possible if he gets cleared on the 28th, he actually won't miss uh, 
any football games, but he will miss a good portion of practice. But really, you know, a bullet dodged because it could have been far, far worse. Suggs hurt in an AAU basketball game a couple weeks ago. But, yeah, just a knee bruise. I mean, all things considered, not good when you're sidelined for about four weeks. But I'm telling you, it could have been way, way worse. Ben Carlson, the soon-to-be junior at East Ridge High School. He was actually taking a tour here of Hubbard Broadcasting the other day. Great kid, great family. He has upcoming visits later this month and in September to Creighton, Michigan, Butler, Nebraska, and Iowa State. He does also hold a Gophers offer. He's been to practice. He is doing his thorough homework on Richard Pitino and the Gophers as well. On the Gophers' women's side, they leave next week for an Italy trip. You can make a foreign trip every handful of years. What is it? Four or five years. It was a trip set up by Marlene Stallings. So the Gophers will take the trip and Danielle O'Banion, one of the assistant coaches, will act as the head coach, although the three assistants, they're playing three games over there in Italy. The three assistants, each one will actually coach one of the games, but technically Danielle is the head coach in charge while Lindsey Whalen wraps up the Lynx season. Lindsey, of course, can't join her team on that trip because the Lynx finished the regular season with nine games in 18 days. Three games in four days in Los Angeles late on Thursday, in Seattle late on Friday. Then they get Atlanta at Target Center on Sunday. So it is a sprint to the finish for the Lynx, who appear to be a playoff team. So a sprint to the finish of the regular season, then things will ramp up for the postseason. But yeah, Lindsey Whalen unable to go to Italy to coach the Gophers. On the Wolves, I mentioned that they were in constant dialogue with David Nwamba. He wouldn't come here for the minimum. Nwamba chose Cleveland. The Wolves didn't go above the minimum. You know, we're debating semantics. Did the Wolves officially extend an offer, not extend an offer? But they knew he wasn't coming here for the minimum. But the Wolves had a number of talks about Nawamba. I am told that James Nunnally, the European free agent who worked out for the Wolves a few weeks ago at Mayo Clinic Square, is still very much on their radar. The Wolves still at 12 guaranteed contracts. So at some point here, they will get to at least 13, if not 14. They're not getting the 15, but the Wolves will still add at least one, if not a couple players before training camp. As C.J. Williams said, workouts will ramp up at Mayo Clinic Square shortly after Labor Day. I'll be back next week. I've got a conversation with Vikings running backs coach Kennedy Palamalu. I caught up with Tyler Conklin, who the Vikings coaches love. I'm telling you, the rookie tight end. The Vikings' fifth-round pick, his name has come up often in positive ways in coaches' meetings. He is off to a phenomenal start in training camp. Mike Boone, the undrafted free agent, was my Mr. Mankato pick, whatever the new term is, Elite and Egan, whatever it is from the Mackey and Judd Show on 1500 ESPN where they handicap. You know, you can't be a first- or second-round pick, so it's got to be an under-the-radar guy who is the star of training camp slash the preseason, and oftentimes it's an offensive guy, not a defensive guy. I said my money was on Mike Boone, but right now it might have to be on Tyler Conklin. But Mike Boone is also having a good start to training camp. So I have a conversation actually with both of those guys that I will bring you on Scoop Podcast episode 165 sometime the week of August 6th. In the meantime, enjoy the two podcasts from this week, episodes 163 and 164, a rock solid about, heck, almost, what, two hours of content. So hopefully you guys are digging all this content, the Scoop Podcast. Be sure to support Vivid Seats, vividseats.com online for your Vikings tickets, and Skoll Marketing, skoll marketing.com. 
That does it for Scoop Podcast episode 164. Your dog is more than just your bestie with the cutest face ever. Get to know them on a genetic level with Embark Vet. Developed by veterinarians and PhDs, Embark screens for more than 215 genetic health risks across more than 350 breeds. It's top-notch science for your top-notch pup. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today. At the Home Depot, we have Black Friday savings all through November. And with that comes a joyful holiday bustle that we just love to hear. Although we also love the sound that comes after the holidays. When people put their new tools to use. In fact, we love it so much. When you buy select Milwaukee M18 kits, you'll get an extra tool for free. So after you're done filling the air with holiday magic, you can fill it with the sounds of doing. The Home Depot. How doers get more done.